0: Okay, guys, kind of an, an opinionated question for you. Is there some kind of... So it's a statement? <laughs> essentially, I want your opinions on this. like b- Because of you know, who we're talking about today, is there an amount of time that Hollywood should wait after a tragedy before they start making semi-comical movies about it? <laughs> <laughs> this is 30 years.
1: Yeah, well, no. 30 I, I, years. I, I think that's fine.
0: I'm not saying that this is a that this isn't a uh, an offender of that. <laughs> no, I, I mean really, it doesn't even have to be a semi-comical movie. Should Hollywood be making like movies about tragedies? Really, in any kind of close timeline?
2: I mean, if you look at it from a business point of view, if it's closer to the time that it happened, you're going to get that emotional factor. People are going to go in there, they're going to see something. The the directors can spin it to get like a a hero feel to whatever it is we're watching, right? And Yeah, from a business point of view, it makes sense.
1: If you're looking at it from, like, the exploitation type of uh, viewpoint, then you would want to get it out as quickly as possible. That's kind of what they do for TV. They just convert it to a Law & Order episode. I mean,
0: so something that comes to mind, I don't know if you guys have seen Jojo Rabbit or not, but it's a Taika Waititi film where, like, it's got very serious themes of Nazi Germany, obviously, but there's, of course, the Taika Waititi feel on it where, you know, the kid is basically has a, a invisible Hitler friend <laughs> and like, so it's like they got the comedy in it. And, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, people out there that are looking at that and are like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Even though like Taika Waititi is is Jewish, converted to being Jewish, but like the movie character that we're talking about today is obviously based on a real serial killer that happened 30 years and people were upset about it. So I guess I just wanted to know, like, were they? Yeah. There was some lawsuit shit that went on after it and we'll talk and we'll talk about it. Okay. I was just wondering, like if like a bunch of, if your fucking sister or your brother or your parents or somebody got murdered and then somebody made like a fucking comical movie about it and you were still alive and you saw it was out, like, would you be pissed? It uh, just depends on the, how my family is portrayed. Because honestly,
2: we Mingles have a dark sense of humor. So as long as it's funny, we're all pretty much going to be okay with that. So more spark plus.
1: <laughs> Which is something you'll get if you watch yeah, the movie. Yeah.
2: And I got a question for you. I got a question for you. When the fuck did everyone on Facebook become epidemiologists?
0: When they were the... always epidemiologists.
2: <laughs> okay, Listen, I... I want to just start the show off with this by by completely and totally ostracizing our audience. Uh, if you honestly think that the coronavirus is a conspiracy by the government to fucking strip us of our civil liberties, please unsubscribe and go fuck yourself with a rusty
0: baseball bat. Thank you. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to quit the show then.
2: Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs>
0: Obviously. <laughs> I'm not an asshole. Okay. I mean, I'm a dickhead, but I'm not an asshole. <laughs>
1: I can see the right. difference because it doesn't have to be conspiracy. It could just be an opportunity.
0: Mm. True. All right,
1: I'll buy that.
2: I try to look at things neutrally. <laughs> okay. I could totally see the government doing that. Being that this is a villain's podcast, we could talk quickly about the most villainous group on the planet, which is the U.S. government. I can totally see them taking advantage of this. But for fucks. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. <laughs> I'm I'm pissed cuz I'm working with some serious hardcore southern fucking Trump supporters and if I have to hear one more goddamn COVID-19 conspiracy theory by some guy who can't even say COVID-19 properly, fuck Would You em. say that you might be a redneck. <laughs> yeah. I'm surrounded by them. Let me tell you something now. Let me let me tell you something. This this COVID-19 bullshit COVID. is going to be a problem. I've, I've been
1: I've been working on this. Take off them goddamn britches.
2: <laughs> take a, take, take <laughs> them off. <laughs> take them goddamn britches off.
0: <laughs> so, naturally, since we're talking about villains, welcome to episode 48 of the Curly Mustache Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Joel Erotic. And I'm D-Hart. <laughs> yes, D-Hart, you have returned to guest host for the first time since Napoleon, you know, since you got your French facts all out. Oh, yeah. And you did uh, the the very popular Kermit the Frog, Napoleon accent. I, I am
1: saving for more of Marvin the Martian, but, you know, whatever. I'm in a neighborhood.
0: That's right. One's a frog, one's a Martian. Same, same. But
2: technically, they're both voiced by the same guy. Are they? Originally. I don't think they are, are they? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Bugs Bunny did the voice of Kermit the
0: Frog. No. And- <laughs> Kermit, Kermit was voiced by... Jim Henson. Oh, well then, you know what? I
2: <laughs> i got nothing. Fuck it.
0: Pfft, novice. <laughs> You're 19. a fucking puppet novice.
2: <laughs> Sorry I don't have an extensive experience about putting my hand up things' asses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I find that hard to believe, honestly. Shut up. Anyway, today we are talking about the Phantom Killer, otherwise known as the Tex Arcana Killer or the Phantom Slayer. And doing something a little differently this episode, we're kind of talking about the same guy, but just the fictional version of him created for the movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And this was a, uh, a feedback suggestion from you, d Hart, a few weeks ago.
1: I didn't suggest the two together. I, I suggested the, uh, the, trend, uh, the, the killer from The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And then you suggested, since it's so much different, that you could do both together.
0: Yeah, that's true. Whenever you suggested that, did you know that that guy was based on a real serial killer?
1: Yeah, I I had thought that it... I knew the trombone thing didn't happen, but I thought that the the facts skewed a little closer to reality,
0: (laughs) but no. (laughs) We just wanted to change it up a little bit this week and and try something different. So that being said, let's start with the real version of the Phantom Killer from uh, the great area of Texarkana, which... We've all basically lived in because it's pretty much just a small town in the Midwest. It's just the South version of the Midwest.
2: <laughs> I don't know. You put Texas and Arkansas together. And what, I think you just get a real special breed of human.
0: Yeah, dude. It's just it's it's a small town of Indiana where dicks and uh, guns are both bigger.
2: I never thought of it like that. Wow.
0: <laughs> huh. Am I wrong?
2: Since you put it that way, <laughs> shit.
0: The Phantom Killer is... You know, he's one of the few villains that we've had that was never identified. You know, most of the time we go into like the childhood and the, you know, the upbringings of the killer. I think in this case, we're going to just talk more about like the actual case and our kind of armchair analysis of what kind of person this guy was. I know how Joel loves to pretend that he is a, a psychologist uh, on the show. I think that these are actually different people. The the kills? You think the kills are, are different?
1: I think the last attack is by a different person. And
0: I, we'll get into that because there's, there's some evidence to back that up uh, for sure. I, I sort of agree with you. But Joel's over there like, I'm totally on the same boat with you. I was told, I didn't want,
2: you made that fucking snarky ass comment and I was like, well, I'm just going to leave my opinion till the end <laughs> of the fucking segment. And then D Hart says it. it's like yes. Yeah, D Hart's
0: not on the show. Like I give him enough shit on the other on our other show, so like I'm not gonna attack him on this one. Okay, fair enough. I'll give you that one. This is about attacking you, sir. <laughs> Hashtag replace Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Although we attack you on the other show too, so I guess it's kind of a double standard. Yeah, it
2: is, but that's never stopped you before. That's true. It's
0: true. These attacks happened uh, all within a ten week period. It started on February 22nd. 1946 and ended on may 3rd 1946 so during this span eight people were attacked and five were murdered um and it started out with uh basically a couple that went to a movie a drive-in movie had a good time and went to a lover's lane and for our, our younger listeners you know especially like our really younger listeners like Probably have never even fucking heard of A Lover's Lane before, but... Which, at this point, you've lost out on life. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean... You you missed a valuable part of growing up,
2: is sneaking off to Lover's Lane to get a little something.
0: You missed out. You fucking missed out. In small town Indiana, A Lover's Lane was like the fucking... behind a barn, or like a fucking... uh, the lake or something. It it was the lake. It was right by the dam in Seymour. I, I... that's where I
2: lost my virginity. A, lo-
0: a lovers lane back then, like these were specifically like off the beaten path roads that people went to after drive-in movies in like the 1920s to like the 1950s. Yeah. That was like the designated we go see a movie and then we're going to go out in the woods and fuck in our cars, basically.
1: <laughs> it's a whole night of entertainment.
0: Yeah, quality. As long as they like were able to like wash their hands after eating popcorn at the drive-in, I feel like... No, that's
2: that's a lube. The <laughs> butter is a lube. I can't
0: believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's
2: not butter! It's not butter! The first
0: two attacks were uh, a man and his girlfriend, they were sitting in the front seat, and the killer walked up to the car. Of course, there was no car that pulled up behind them or anything like that. He knocked on the window with a flashlight. The man thought it was a police officer. So, uh, basically... He rolled down the window and the guy pistol whipped him so fucking hard in the face that his girlfriend thought he was shot. And this is
1: where he used the lines, tell off them goddamn (laughs) britches.
0: Yes. Because that was why he was still conscious. He (laughs) tells the man to take off his britches. The guy is arguing and he pops him in the fucking face with the butt of his pistol, which was a Colt 32, right?
2: Yeah, but before that, what was great was he pulled up. The guy came up, flashlight in there. The dude in the front seat thought it was a cop, and he, you know, rolls down the window and goes, hey, man, you got the wrong person, buddy. Next thing he knows, there's a 38 in his... the the Whatever. Was it a 38?
0: 32. 32 Colt.
2: The 32 Colt in his fucking face. Get out of the goddamn car. Makes, his, makes him get out of the driver's seat. Makes his girl crawl across the car to get out of the driver's seat.
0: And then he's all like... Drop your pants.
2: <laughs> he says no and just... She honestly thought he got, like, his girlfriend honestly thought that he got shot, that the crack was so loud, and she's pulling out his wallet, screaming like, here, just take his money, just take his money, he doesn't have anything, still thinking it's a robbery.
0: And that's a real thing, too, like, I've seen videos in, like, sports events and stuff where people will break their bones, and it will sound like a straight gunshot sometimes. <laughs> it is that fucking loud when a when a bone breaks. Oh,
2: God damn it, too
0: and so basically he told the woman run he was like he, he first he beat this guy in the head with a blunt instrument which i think they thought it was like a, a tire iron or like a a small wrench or something like that he told the woman to run she runs and he catches up with her and he's like what are you running for <laughs> and she's like you fucking told me to run
2: then he, then he accuses her of being like, you're lying, I would never say that.
0: Yeah, he freaks out on her and accuses her of lying and beats her and then rapes her with his barrel of his pistol, basically.
2: That's fucking brutal. It, yeah.
0: It is so brutal.
2: But the thing was is that it, I, I especially loved researching the old newspaper clippings from the Texarkana Times where it was... uh they never used the word rape because rape was just a, a terrible word they used the polite nomenclature of young miss so and so was was uh found to have been
0: molested but
2: i'm just oh, like yeah.
0: it was always molested then yeah, it's just- even if you slightly bothered somebody back then that was being molested i just
2: imagine the barrel of a gun with a priest collar on it the guy yelling at cops don't molest me bro yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs)
0: dirty hairy style he freaks out says that she's lying and then rapes her with his his pistol what is that about what is that whole like you told me to run and now you're lying
2: it's one of two things. Either, A, he is actually having a disassociative moment in which, you know, part of his psyche is telling her to run and then the, you know, the, 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 for lack of a better term, the dark half is all like, why the fuck you running? And the other part is, is it's all part of the game. You'll notice these particular attacks are, are, are very controlled. There's a control. He later on will uh, pose the bodies, set him in a certain way and and the gun there are killers serial killers that the gun is kind of a uh phallus a a proxy for a penis yeah
1: i didn't agree with the second opinion because uh it seems like it's it's just more cat and mouse
0: this dude is calculated in my opinion like this is not like a, a spree killer in my opinion like this is not a guy who has lost it and is like I got to kill as many people as I can, you know, during this, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, he's, he's not a Richard Chase. No, he's, he's very much like, no. he's a planner, you know, and, and we'll get into my theory about who this guy was like later down the line, but, um, let's get into his actual first two murders. First attack was on February 22nd. The, the second one was on, uh, March 24th where they had found a. Uh, what they thought was an abandoned car, Somebody, a passerby, a family, I think it was, had found an abandoned car, and the man was shot through his face and his chest in the car with his hands in his, his hands had been posed in his pockets, I believe, and his girlfriend, right?
2: It, this particular attack, a uh, gentleman was driving home, actually, and saw the car off to the side, uh, and at this time during that, there, there was a, a, a very serious, like, People were starting to freak the fuck out because, again, in 1946, this shit didn't happen T- to just random people. Like, the police legitimately kind of brushed this the uh, initial attack off underneath the—just uh, brush it underneath the carpet because they, they thought, you know, like, oh, these kids clearly know who did it. They're just hiding it.
1: Well, that and their uh, testimonies didn't match up to the description of the killer. I mean, they both agreed to yeah, the hood on.
0: One said he was black, and one said he was white, right?
2: Yeah. The the woman said that he was a black man, and the uh the other guy was like, I could, you know, my memory's kind of shit at that moment, but could have swore he was white.
1: If she could only just see the hands, it could be confusing, you know, because especially if it's dark.
0: Yeah. Not only that, but like I think that led to some issues with the police. Thinking that they knew the killer, right? And that they were trying to cover up for who it was. Yeah, exactly. Which that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, why would they try to cover it up? Because it'd be like,
2: it's like ratting on the mob. You just don't, you don't tell. Okay. You don't rat on the, listen, if you are, let's say you're in a mob neighborhood and you see a mobster do some crazy shit. You don't talk to the cops because you know that the mob will find you and fuck your world up worse than they already have. The cops are probably thinking like uh they you know probably hiding for this guy because they think he's gonna do something really worse to him. Yeah
0: I guess it just seems a little bit different than the mob when it's just one clown that's got a pillowcase on his head.
2: Well if he's gonna crack someone's skull open with a fucking flashlight a butt of a gun or a crowbar (laughs) I I might not tell the cops shit
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm fucking narking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, once you've had your skull caved in, go ahead and nark on the guy. Yeah, fuck that, that
0: guy's not going to get it's away not with a caving threat anymore. You know. So this guy, so the next two were shot um, with the pistol. What's
2: crazy about this one is, and this kind of lends me to believe it's if it's the same guy. These are not his first kills, like because you see a progression in serial killers. Like he took them out of the car, shot them outside of the car. And then put them back into the car, posing them, making sure, like, the dude's pockets were pulled out, posing the guy's head down so it looked like he fell asleep, putting the girl's head over to the side so it looked like she fell asleep. So if anyone drove by, except for this one, you know, nosy Nelly, who actually stopped, how many people do you think drove drove by and were like, oh, they're just asleep? Like that, that kind of thought that kind of, again, going back to the earlier statement of control, that kind of makes me think it's the same guy doing these two right here. uh. And yeah, it's definitely doesn't feel like his first kill. It does not feel like this would be the first kill of
0: this. It's guy. weird though, because the previous, t- the previous couple were just attacked. Like th- he could have easily killed both of them and he didn't, you know, I know it's, a lot of them will play with their prey a little bit, but like certainly, you would think that he would have killed them after playing with them. If if he had already killed before, you know, to me, it's more of a gradual buildup from. Okay, I'm gonna attack and abuse the fuck out of these two, and then the next one, we're gonna we're gonna go straight into murder.
1: Yeah, th- this one may be uh, more thought out, just because he's been thinking about it since the last time when he attacked somebody. He's like, hey, hey, that felt pretty good attacking people. I think I'm gonna go all the way next time. <laughs>
0: that felt pretty good. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that this was also at a lover's lane type road yeah so this this is this guy's like prowling area
2: oh yeah yeah that's his hunting grounds that is that is his his kill area as
0: yeah and then the next two as well and so these two were murdered and the next two were also murdered uh at a lover's lane type area and this is where he shot one of them through the face and through the chest and tied the woman to the tree. Uh, and shot her. Can
2: I just say Oh, I'm sorry. No, the previous victim was a uh <laughs> man, this fucked up. The 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 two victims before that were a sixteen year old girl and her twenty five year old boyfriend. Apparently the forties were uh as strict as they were, they were a little more liberal on things. But uh Ooh, it was
0: a different time.
1: I think there well, I think there are actually different state laws on uh age of consent. Especially, you know, in Arkansas.
0: Not only that, but uh, at that point, this is kind of coming to play later, but the girl had graduated high school already at 16. You could graduate early then.
2: Yeah, and what I wanted to say was, is that this particular victim, it it turns out that she was actually a saxophone player player in a local band, which at that time, for kind of like a big band sort of sound, that was, this was, again, post-World War II, so women had started getting their foot in the door of equal rights they start if you go on youtube you there is actually recordings of that band before she died cuz after after she died uh they never played again the band pretty much just broke up out of respect for her family and you should listen to the band cuz it's kind of fucking awesome this chick could fucking play it was I'm sorry that's just a neat little thing I I, I had found on online.
0: Maybe we'll post a the YouTube clip. I'll
2: I'll find it for you again.
0: Also the next two were teenagers as well, right? I believe so. One was 15 and the other one I think was 16. The girl was 15 uh the one that was tied to the tree and uh and then the, I think the boyfriend was was 16 or 17 something. Yeah, so it's like so. once again these two were murdered gunshot wounds. She actually had uh, bite and pinch marks all over her body whenever they uh, found her when she was tied to the tree. And uh, it was kind of another sign of, like, the sexual abuse uh, that this guy kind of had rolling for him.
1: The common factor here is teen girls. At least in the, the ones that uh, that have happened so far. The final attack doesn't have any of that. That's why I think it's a different Yeah,
0: reason. not just... Teen girls, but they're boyfriends too. It's like the uh, it's like a dominance factor. Like I'm going to show dominance over you by fucking up the person that you like, like the man, the the point of dominance in your relationship, and then uh, show physical dominance over you. Yeah,
2: it's kind of like he's, he's he's taking out the uh, the if you will the alpha male of the group and asserting himself as that. And and it's it yeah, it's definitely along those lines. But this is where they actually found that both the bodies had been kind of posed in specific ways and moved from the original kill site to a different spot. The guy's body had, I, I don't know about the woman. She was body. found
0: tied to the tree, I think. Right.
2: Well, she, she hadn't, but the guy's body had been posed and moved away from the original kill site. So again, it's just, it's too rapid of a evolution over a short period of time. In my mind For this to be Kind of the
0: first time he's done Dude this. you know my opinions on shit like this Like I, I I agree that it In this area It makes it seem like there's like a gradual Succession into like From attack to murder But like we talked about it on the uh, Luca Magnata po- uh, po- episode Like when shit like this go da- Goes down it in my opinion It's never their first kill Like to me a first kill is almost always sporadic feeling. Like, it's almost always like, oh fuck, I'm just going to stab this guy 50 times just to see what it's like and then I'm going to fucking stop for like six months or something like that. You know what I mean? That seems to be, with most of the serial killers that we've talked about, that seems to be like the first kill. It's always like an accidental shooting or like a, an act of rage or like they get pissed off at their family member and they fucking cracked their skull or something
1: well there was a disappearance case that they tried to tie to this but they couldn't find anything specifically it was like in the next town over or next county see that's
0: interesting to me because this killer clearly likes leaving his kills out in the open for somebody to see so for somebody to just go missing it for him to like hide the body or, or something like that
2: now that that kind of makes sense well, I mean, if you think about it, he would start with kidnapping someone and then move to making it more and more public, like you saw more and more of a public display and a degradation of the victims as it progresses with these first uh, three attacks. So, it, it does make sense that they're like I could see where they were coming from, like you start, but then again, they weren't going with what we know about serial killers now. So, I don't know. Just now, hindsight being twenty twenty, it would make sense. Kidnap, get your rocks off assault, you know, do do some other stuff, then move up. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Kind of a weird guy.
1: <laughs> well, well, it's killing.
0: You him. know what no, I mean? Thank Not-
2: you, Steve, thank you. Really? Oh, that guy that Ted Bundy guy. How fuck? What a weird feller he is! You
0: know what I'm fucking saying. I'm saying it's kind of a kind of different than yeah, he's than, weird That's than other mean. guys that we've talked about. How
2: strange is he? He didn't even fuck the corpse.
0: <laughs> I warned d Dehart before the podcast. I said I'm pretty sure this guy didn't fuck any corpses, but I have been surprised before. The gun thing was enough. <laughs> it's like he threw that in there just to fuck <laughs> with you. <laughs> he's like d Dehart doesn't want to read about this shit. I'm just going to make sure to do it just this once. Just so we have to mention it. The next two attacks, one of which that was a kill, uh, this is what DeHart was kind of talking about at the beginning of the episode where he doesn't really think it's the same person. This happens kind of closer to the downtown area. uh, To a house that's, you you know, much more like neighborhood type area. And there's a man sitting in his chair in front of his window. His wife's in the kitchen and... She hears a commotion and what had happened was basically somebody had shot him through the head through the window with a rifle uh, and killed him and she walks into the room freaks out because her husband's fucking dead on the ground with bullet holes in his fucking head she sees the killer coming through the door and uh, cutting the screen open on the door. No,
2: she gets shot through the window first. That's right. She, yeah. gets she, she hauls ass to the fucking phone, picks it up and gets shot in the fucking face. Twice. And this woman is my fucking hero. She's so badass.
0: She's hardcore. She's- she gets shot twice in the fucking face with a 22 rifle. But she did say that he started coming in through the screen door. I know that. Yeah,
1: that was that was after she got shot in the face.
0: Right, yeah, like, her his, her visualization, like, can't be trusted at this point. When you get shot <laughs> twice in the face, you, you can't tell what you're seeing.
2: And she goes running from the kitchen, where she got shot, to the fucking bedroom to get a gun. You've been shot in the face. The only reason she didn't get there is because she told the police, after, you know, they put her jaw back together and yanked all, you know, pulled all the bone fragments out of her fucking mouth, is that, I was gonna shoot him, I was gonna shoot him, but then I you know, the blood got in my eyes and I couldn't see very well.
0: <laughs> the fuck? That was a river of blood. And then she proceeded to run out the fucking back door and haul ass to her brother and sister or her sister and brother-in-law's house across the street who <laughs> weren't fucking home. They weren't home. So she ran another 50 yards down to a neighbor's house. And this guy comes out with a fucking shotgun basically. And is like, I will protect you.
1: <laughs> the
2: best part is is he does the Texas uh call to action. He just shoots it right shoots a rifle in the air to let everyone know. Like I think in Texas there's like different caliber of web firearms you shoot in the air and everyone just kind of knows. Like
0: cuckoo oh, oh, What's that a double barrel shotgun? Someone's hurt.
2: Little Timmy's in the well. Yeah. Quick.
0: <laughs> the, when they shoot just the regular like revolver, you know, that's a mating call.
1: Or the race is started. <laughs>
0: Wait, wait, did you say the race or the racism?
1: No, it's just the race.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so like very uncharacteristic for this guy. And she, by the way, she lived uh, to tell the tale. You know, this was closer into downtown area. He left a flashlight at the scene. There was smudged fingerprints on the scene. Very messy, way messier than this guy had ever been up to this point.
1: Yeah, I think it was somebody just taking advantage of the fact that there was some guy running around mass killing people <laughs> or Serial killing with a gun.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, well, they're, they're going to fucking just think it's him anyway, which they did, so might as well. That
2: has a precedence in crime, in in uh in, in serial killer history. There's a theory that has some very strong evidence for it. For the Zodiac killer did not kill nearly as many people as he did, but people were using this guy's uh, crime wave, a killing spree, as an excuse to, you know, put a bag over their head and take out someone they didn't like. Like, people were basically copycatting and putting the putting the kills on him to kind of, you know, mask, you know, what they were actually doing.
0: They had the urge to purge, <laughs> is what you Jesus you're
2: Christ. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> but also, you bring up a good point, Joel, uh, bringing up the Zodiac Killer, because actually the kills were kind of similar. You know, the whole secluded couples, like... Kind of showing that dominance, kind of, maybe, we don't really know exactly what happened on scene, but kind of that torturing one in front of the other with tying to the tree and whatnot, like, kind of similar killers here. Yeah. What if the Texarkana killer is the Zodiac killer?
2: No, see, the Zodiac killer is actually Tom Waits. If you've watched the movie Seven Psychopaths, you'll know that Tom Waits is in fact the Zodiac Killer. I think you
0: mean Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer.
2: Uh, That will get you blocked by him on uh, Twitter. (laughs) I've heard that. I've experienced it. I'm still blocked by him. I think that's a fair reaction. (laughs) A fair reaction.
0: Yeah, I guess if you accuse somebody of being a serial killer, then yeah. If you
2: you (laughs) accuse a presidential hopeful of being a
0: serial killer from the 70s, yeah. I can see it. At this point, there are so many fucking police forces working on this. The FBI, the U.S. Marshals, the Texas Rangers, the Hope City Police, the Arkansas State Police, the Texas State Police. Like, everybody's looking for this fucking guy. He
2: has that whole fucking town whipped into a frenzy. Like, and, and yes, I brought up the coronavirus earlier because I wanted to show, wanted to kind of just kind of work it in there, but... There is a parallel, like it's crazy doing the research, the parallel between how people reacted at the beginning of the pandemic uh, to how these people were acting now. And it's really fucking crazy to see, you know, that there are striking similarities in between the two. I mean, grocery stores were empty. People were locked in the house. Don't fucking set foot outside, you know announce your presence or you know it's texas slash arkansas you're gonna get your ass shot you know it's it's really weird how the the parallels between the two of how how we react now and how they reacted then. there's a
0: little bit of a difference here with that small town mentality and and what i'm gonna bring up is really from our, our first episode of the show and that was when uh jack the ripper was killing people the way the media would just fluff and fear monger and and basically they were just like he could get you at any time in any place. Lock your doors. He's in your bathroom right now. He's actually in you. Like, like that's what they did for Jack the Ripper. That's what they did for the for the Texarkana killer. Like, people were buying gun stores out of guns and ammo, buying as many locks as they could, buying as many flashlights. People were putting booby traps in their fucking yard. The... Sons and daughters of the police were pretending to be kissing couples in, in, uh, in cars, trying to lure him out. This dude just disappeared at this point.
2: And you can thank all the freak out from possibly the worst cop ever, uh, Texas Ranger M.T. Gonzalez, a.k.a. Lone Wolf. What an asshole.
0: (laughs) Definitely not like the other Texas Ranger. The Bonnie and Clyde one.
1: I was uh, kind of thinking that uh, he was very, he was ahead of his time in a lot of ways because he's, he's going through all this stuff, telling people, Hey, don't waste our time with, (laughs) with coming in here and telling somebody that you are, you know, with unfounded rumors, don't spread any rumors. And, uh, also, uh, there were like, uh, several people that they had suspects on, but it's like, we can't arrest them unless we're a hundred percent sure, which, you know, sometimes you think, eh, maybe if they were like 75, might go for it. (laughs) Just see what happens.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, what I meant was by asshole is that this guy got everyone whipped up and freaked out by, you know, going on the radio and tell, you know, being like. You need to lock your doors at night, make sure your firearms are loaded and oiled up and loaded and be ready to shoot someone if they come through your door. And he basically, they're like, well, what do you suggest we do? Load your firearms and be ready to kill.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were people that were calling in police reports thinking that they had a prowler in their backyard and it was a fucking bush that was being blown up against the window by the wind. You know, it was like they were so on edge that the police basically followed up on a guy delivering a package because the people in the house reported him as a prowler. And he was like, I'm just a delivery guy. Like The local wino who got shot by the bartender. He, he tried
2: to like he guess he was so drunk he didn't realize the curfew. So, you know, eight o'clock at night, he's trying to get into the bar to, you know, because he always goes to the bar and the bartender opens up the door and shoots him in the foot. I was just trying to get a drink. That come on now, man. Why it gotta be like that?
1: That story has a happy ending, though. That guy asked something to talk about. That
0: bartender owes him drinks for. He, life. Did, he
1: didn't get. He didn't get his head blown off.
0: <laughs> With the whole like media kind of fear mongering, is like people were actually moving away from their houses and like going to like their families in other towns and like renting hotels as temporary homes. And people were for real afraid. There's a reason that a movie was created called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Like, people were not leaving their homes at night because of this guy.
2: Well, yeah, he, he pretty much struck every three weeks. Like, like, fucking clockwork.
0: But you also had idiot teenagers that kept going to Lover's Lanes.
2: They got it, they got it man. <laughs> hey, man, listen. I got to get my dick wet, all right? <laughs> I got to get my dick Stephen. W- Steven, I got to get my dick wet.
0: I mean, you're not lying. Like, like now, like when... When people are supposed to be home, like, teenagers don't give a fuck. Like, they just don't give a fuck.
1: Take off them goddamn bridges. (laughs) Take off
2: them goddamn bridges. (laughs) I remember my teenage years. You could have had Jack the Ripper killing every single person who set foot at the local spot in town that I knew of. And even I, 17, 18, would be all like, oh, it's so worth the risk. I might I might get a handy. Oh, shit.
0: I feel like I would have done the same thing as a teenager, but still, as an adult, you look back on it, and you're like, just stay the fuck home. Like, just don't give this guy a fucking reason to murder you.
2: See, this is where you and I are different, because even now, I might be like, uh, I might get a
0: handy. You're like, oh, man, maybe somebody will murder me. That just gets me hard.
2: <laughs> Doing this podcast has really screwed up my... Uh, sexual picadillos lately (laughs) quote ted bundy for me baby quote some bundy (laughs) (laughs) i don't feel proud of that 400
0: suspects were arrested during this entire case like they had a whole lot of people confessing saying they were him people that were copying others and saying yeah yeah no no i'm the i'm the killer i'm the phantom killer uh, it's it's not you. And by the way, he got his name from the press. They they called him the Phantom Killer. That's that's why that spread. Well, he
1: kills and then disappears. That's a great name. Yeah, great name. Fucking great
0: name. I think the closest one um, that they had gotten was an 18 year old kid. He was he would have been 16 or 17 when the murders took place. He killed himself uh, and left a note, basically like saying that like he. Loved all of his friends and family and stuff, but he couldn't live with himself because he was the phantom killer. Like, he killed all those couples. Like, he was basically the closest suspect, and the the family was like, no, I don't think he knew how to drive at that point. Like, I don't think he, you know... It was a
1: very convincing uh, fake, basically. I mean, they
0: just... And you really don't know, because a family, of course, you know, if you accuse somebody's family member of being a, a serial killer... Like, the first thing they're going to say is, there's no way he could have possibly been a serial
1: killer. Well, wasn't there also, like, a, one of his friends said he was with him when they found out yeah. that first killing? Yeah, I
0: think so. I think so. It's
2: weird. This guy definitely had uh, mental issues, mental health problems, because at the end of the letter, he actually had, like, code for someone. It was a simple code to break into how to open up the lockbox he had. The police just said, fuck it, and they broke the goddamn thing. But in it were... Different variations of the letter, like <clears throat> older versions of the letter, saying you know I did it. Other letters are saying no, I didn't. It was basically kind of the ramblings of the ramblings of a
0: madman.
2: <laughs> I, I was gonna say a sick, a sick kid, basically. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> He's he was just a sick kid, honestly, and and he just kind of yeah no I, I I can't see him. Any of their suspects really didn't like the evidence, didn't tie up to it, you know what I mean? So,
0: I want to talk about before we go into the fictional version of him. I, my opinion was that this guy was a lawman. Um, I don't think I do agree with Dehart and you, Joel, that like the last kills or the last kill and the last two attacks were not the same person as the first six, but. With that big of a manhunt by so many different organizations and, like, the level of, like, just pristine cleaning this guy did as far as, like, not leaving really any evidence behind, going to the exact fucking lover's lanes that the cops weren't looking at, knowing exactly, just the exact moments to strike, I feel like this dude was a cop.
1: See, I was thinking he was military. Or former military. Yeah.
0: Something where he has some kind of training... To not get caught.
2: Like, I can understand former military. This was post... This it just post-World War II. Uh, the men had come back into town. So most of the guys in town had military training. But <clears throat> I don't think he was a cop. And I say that because uh, Gary Ridgway, the Green River killer, who, you know, hundreds... He's, he's suspected of hundreds of murders. Convicted of what? Was it 70-something? 50-something? 70-something?
0: Uh, I don't fucking know. You're the rain man of serial killers.
2: <laughs> he literally is special needs. Like, he is, his IQ is that low. But he left no evidence. You know, he, just through sheer stupid luck, you know, was just kind of going from one place, you know, that the cops just didn't happen to be. You know what I mean? For decades. I look at it in that sort of sense, and it's, to me, it just seems like he's probably... A local,
0: Or
1: somebody who has has like a sales route or something like, you know, where they're coming through every couple of weeks. And then the other time they're Uh, just gone. Now that could be. Yeah,
2: because it was, again, 1940-something had a kind of a, you know, the transient lifestyle. Everyone could just kind of pick up sticks and go. Not like it is today.
0: Traveling salesman. Yeah. I don't know. There was just something about like the fact that this was a small town, you know, and you had so many big-time police agencies in there I mean FBI Texas Rangers and U.S marshals like these are not like local yokel police that are doing all the work you know what I mean
1: yeah but I don't think the the mass amount of them didn't get there until like near the end
2: yeah
0: yeah I guess after the the first two murders and
2: honestly we're kind of looking at it from today's point of view but the forensic science that we have are accustomed to, was non-existent back then. So it really wouldn't be that hard.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, with the movie that we're getting ready to talk about, like they do a lot of like the, the serial killer profiling and stuff in the movie. And like, that's just a product of this movie being from the seventies. But like that shit was not, was not there in the forties. That's not
2: entirely true. The uh, Texarkana times actually did an interview with a, uh, the psychologist from the university of Texas who gave a very broad uh, kind of profile. This was a little forward thinking of the newspapers at the time. I mean, it was not specific. It didn't seem very accurate. No, it didn't seem very accurate, but, but they did do that. Like it was it...
1: because uh, uh she had ruled out that the, the person could be in the military because, Oh well, you just know you'd know instantly if they were a maniac. <laughs> oh, it's like they wouldn't be able to uh,
0: hide it. Oh, so cute back then.
2: Simpler times.
0: That's kind of what I'm saying. Like in the 1970s movie, like they go into like almost like that 1970s FBI serial yeah. killer profiling.
1: and the movie's odd.
0: <laughs> it is odd. Uh, do you guys want to just jump into it, or is there anything else you want to talk about with this guy? Do you What do you think happened to you?
1: They did interrupt arresting somebody that they kind of, like, half-assed, like, a, this guy got uh, life in prison for for car thefts, apparently. But they think that it had, was, like, a off-the-books deal or whatever.
0: That's right. A guy and his girlfriend were, like, traveling, and, and uh, they found her with the car, and then they found him trying to sell a stolen car and then they both corroborated that he was the Phantom Killer, but neither of their stories could match up timeline-wise, so they could only charge him for theft.
2: Him being in town didn't match up with the timeline. Like, there were some parts when he was in town that it matched up, other parts when it didn't. One of the lead detectives from the Texas Rangers had discovered that every day, every night, pretty much... The 24 hours before uh, a, a, a kill, a local car would be stolen. And then, you know, the next day afterwards, they'd find the car. And it was just like, oh, that's weird. So he found, basically, through some legwork and talking to some rats, a.k.a. informants, they found the guy, chased him down, and the guy's like, don't shoot me, don't shoot me. He's like, buddy, I'm not going to shoot you for stealing a car. And the guy's like, don't play with me, man. You know I've, I've done way more than steal cars. And uh, got him in the police, in the, the cruiser, We're ready to take him back into town. And he's just like, do you think I'll get the electric chair for this? And he's like, you're not getting the electric chair for stealing a car. And the guy's like, oh, oh, you know I've done more than that. You know I've killed more than that.
0: So and do like, you want the, the electric fuck? chair? Yeah, play dumb. <laughs> why don't you? Because this is how you get the electric chair. Yeah, that's
2: pretty much. It's Texas in the '40s. I'm surprised
0: they didn't just kill him in the street. Like,
2: honestly, I kind of think that's what actually happened to the guy.
1: No, uh, he went. He got life in prison for stealing cars. Uh, no, I
0: think Joel's saying he thinks that's what happened to. Oh. The actual killer, because there are some claims like the the county all thought that the killer was actually caught, and that the police just basically were like. Fuck this guy, let's just kill him and throw him out in the woods and we won't have to fucking deal with anything after that.
2: Yeah, or it's like the Zodiac. It's like again like the Zodiac where You know, he got arrested and put away. Yeah.
0: Or died, and they just don't even know. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean I that's what I think happened. I think probably somebody got arrested for some other crime and it was probably him. And that was that. Like you know, maybe he got out and moved somewhere else and killed somebody else, but I think probably he was arrested for a, a higher crime and then died in jail or something. Who knows? Oh, stories like this always bother me when there's no conclusive end. When you're like, when you're like, what the fuck happened to this guy? Like,
1: yeah, and I don't like the ending of Zodiac. It's like, well, we kind of figured it out. We think this is a guy, and he stopped, so that must have been it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's kind of bothersome. But so let's move on to the uh, Phantom Killer from the nineteen. 19- 76,
2: I think right it's The 1976 docufilm slash slasher film The Town. That And this
0: was directed by Charles B. Pierce And the Phantom Killer was portrayed by Bud Davis who was a stuntman From various films like Manhunter uh, Which is you know a Hannibal Lecter movie uh, As well as like Contact This guy was I mean all he had to do in this movie Was just breathe heavily and like Run
1: <laughs> it, It's an easy day At work for him
0: Yeah with a uh, with a bag over his head too. He didn't even need need to show his face.
1: Charles B. Pierce is a uh, kind of an interesting guy. He's a regional filmmaker, and uh, the uh, the thing that I know him for is this and uh, his other docudrama, which is a uh, Boggy Creek, right? Uh, Legend of Boggy Creek. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, wait, 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 wait. The guy who directed the town that dreads sundown. Was the same guy who directed the Legend of Boggy Creek? Yes, and a sequel, but uh,
1: the sequel is just a movie.
0: Fuck. This, along with Boggy Creek, is kind of a weird type of movie because it's it's sort of a docu movie. It sort of reminds me of the beginning of like the uh, the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's kind of starts off as like a as a documentary or whatever, and then it goes into like the actual movie. But this also has like most of the components of a slasher film in it as well. A bad slasher film.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it be, be, well, it's before the slashers really got started. I think probably Black... This is, Was this the same year as Black Christmas?
0: Uh, 74. Black Christmas was 1974.
2: It's in the general area. But I don't think this movie gets enough credit, because you can definitely see how films like Halloween and Jason and uh, Friday the 13th and all this was definitely Friday
1: the 13th too is basically this
2: character yeah exactly they're all inspired by this particular movie and it it gets overlooked in cinema generally uh, and and those who recognize it are are kind of make fun of it and I can't blame them
1: well it's not a great movie and it's not a it's not a good documentary because well I think effects wise they couldn't have done the kind of stuff this guy was doing because it's and plus, who the fuck would want to watch it?
0: And a lot of the information that they spread in this documentary is wrong.
2: <laughs> when has the truth ever gotten in the way of a good story, sir? There are a lot of individual pieces,
1: <laughs> but they kind of mix them up for the sake of the movie. It's right, like a, right. the uh, where the guy picks up the hitchhiker and it's like he keeps getting drug along like, hey, uh, go a couple more miles. And then it's like, hey, well, I'm just going to rob you. That was one of the suspects in the movie, but uh it was also one of those suspects in real life, but you know, none of this stuff pans out. It's
0: not a great documentary and it's not a great slasher film. So it's like it's hard to really be a good anything.
1: It's a it's a weird
2: oddity. It's, it's the precursor to every single one of those horror movies nowadays that are like based on truce events and then it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yes. Left. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, they they did get a few things, right? Like, I mean, so the first two attacks in the movie are pretty similar. Like, they they drag the guy out of the car and beat him, you know, and he chased the woman down. Now, he didn't, like, rape her in the movie like he did in real life, but I think they described it as he chewed on her. Heavily, heavily chewed (laughs) on her. Which is... Weird, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but also, like, I'm just trying to imagine this.
1: There were some, there were some bites in the other in, in like real life, but not that case, right?
0: Yes, the woman that was tied to the tree had, had bites all over. Um, not this particular one. This is the, in real life, this would have been the woman that was, uh, uh sexually assaulted with the pistol.
2: Why is it that each episode we discuss people who do horrific, god awful things? We've talked about people who have you know, literally eviscerated babies and shit in their chest. That's an actual person, but the concept of a guy chewing on a woman while she's still alive just heebie-jeebies me more than anything else. I don't know. Just the concept of her, like, him, like, while she's alive fucking freaks me
0: out. Who did we talk about that pooped in a baby's chest? I don't remember that.
2: Uh, d- Richard Chase. He, did, he he gutted a baby and then shit in the mom's chest. Oh, the mom. Right, sorry.
0: I was like, I, was like I don't remember a baby getting shit in.
2: I'm sorry I got my scat killers mixed up. <laughs> you should be. the scat man. <laughs> Imagine Richard Chase singing that song. <laughs> I'm the scat man. Somebody open it up, 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 up. You look like I need a quart of blood.
0: In the movie, the second the uh, the first double murder. Now this is uh,
1: the names are changed, so you're gonna have a hard time tying it directly. The through. dates are changed,
0: but the second uh, the first murders, the double murder in the movie. This was actually pretty similar to real life too. They were, uh, I think, in the movie they were murdered in the car, and in real life they were murdered outside the car. But either way, they were both murdered with a pistol. Um, so they actually did a pretty decent job uh, on the. Actual murders. Now the third one—that's this—is where it goes off the fucking rails.
1: Okay, so we had mentioned that she was a a real life musician, and she had a in real life she had a saxophone. Ended up missing, uh, some turned up in a pawn shop, and they had to question that guy where as to where he got it. But here, she's a trombone player, a tromboner. <laughs> so, so when she's tied up to the tree, he puts a he uh, grabs his trombone, gives it a little toot. And uh, then he ends up, like, strapping his knife to, like, the uh, the bar that extends. Yeah, the slide.
0: It's called a slide. The
1: slide. There we go. And he stabs her multiple times with that. Yeah.
0: He's, like, breathing heavily like a creep. And he's like, ah. And he, you think he's going to toot the, the trombone, but he doesn't. <laughs> and he just stabs the... He uses the slide to stab the knife into her back, which is the silliest, stupidest fucking thing ever.
1: It's a little disappointing. We, we already know that he can't toot it through the through the mask he should have been tooting he should have been rooting and tooting
0: yes both
2: like why did they do this listen you know for a fact that when they storyboarded this that was the coolest fucking idea all right on paper that's a great idea it is it's a thing
0: you remember the movie for it is the only memorable part of the movie in my opinion but like this movie's so fucked though because it's it's telling the real life stories of these people getting fucking murdered, but there's also like some straight Andy Griffith type shit throughout the entire movie.
1: Yeah, so it's funny that you'd mention Andy Griffith because uh, our uh, comedy relief deputy is Charles B. Pierce, the director. Spark, uh, <laughs> spark plug. That's his character. Right,
0: and and he has all this fucking Gomer Pyle type shit go on throughout the entire movie, and it's like
1: he dresses in drag to be a, a decoy. Uh, the uh, his fat, uh partner is like a he's making a move on him. What the fuck? <laughs> he's making a move on. Him. He's like, we gotta make this look convention His
0: <laughs> partner, if I may. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, that's that's kind of like what happened in real life with some of the cops, like trying to set up like the killer to come after them. But like they're making it a fucking comedy. That's kind of what led into my my question when we started the episode. it's like.
1: What the fuck is wrong with them? Did you see that some of the cops had uh, had used uh, mannequins as their makeout out partner?
0: They used their own kids to lure a fucking serial killer. That's brutal.
2: Again, it's Texas, 1940s. But here's my question. What fucking Andy Griffith episodes have you motherfuckers been watching... <laughs> I do not remember any of these misadventures in Mayberry. We're
0: talking about the general, like theme, the general feeling of the movie, like, you know what I mean? It's
1: the character that uh, the spark plug character is like a, a direct correlation with. Uh, is it Barney?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah,
1: I can't remember the last name. It's been forever since I like, five.
0: Party 5
2: We're going to have to nip this serial killer in the bud. Nip him, nip him, nip him, nip him. Let me put on a So drink. there was
0: one story about, I don't know if you guys read this, there was a story about the cop's kid. They were they were acting like they were a couple and a cop came up to the window and they thought he was a serial killer and he was like, what are you two doing out here? And the, the, the girl was like, Good thing you're a cop, because if you weren't, you'd already be dead right now. And then she pulled out a huge fucking revolver that she had pointed at him the whole time.
2: Yeah, he announced himself before walking up.
1: Well, we didn't mention that uh, it, it's not just the cops set, or setting up stings. It's also just some of the kids being amateur amateur detectives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause just local sleuths. Which
1: uh, <laughs> is another thing that uh, Lone, Lone Wolf Gonzalez had warned against.
0: Definitely don't sleuth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is there's no way that vigilantism of any way of any shape is going to go fucking wrong. It's not like there's anything in the news lately about that.
1: <clears throat> well, I think a lot of this has to do with the uh, ever increasing uh, bounty that was uh, related to information it, you know, for the killer.
2: Yeah. Yeah, a cool $75,000 in today's money.
1: Yeah, it was like it was it was 1100 at the time or something like that
0: yeah the next attacks you know they pretty much go exactly how they go in the in the real story this is kind of where in the movie they're just profiling more you know more like that 1970s style profiling than they would than you would see in like the 1940s but you know serial killer profiling was big in the 1970s so of course they're going to use that
2: um i was just trying to think was it the 70s or the 60s that profiling Started. Well, it
0: started in the sixties, but it became more popular in the seventies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was trying to remember something else. I thought I had a
0: point to. You gotta,
1: you gotta remember. This is it's well not well known enough to where a regional filmmaker is able to uh, <laughs> set aside a time and uh, it, put it into his movie.
2: Fair enough. I'm gonna
1: shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not talking about an expert here. He obviously didn't uh, like a. Do a whole lot of research. Yeah, I
0: mean, basically her response was that he was sexually driven and like between 35 and 40 or something like that. There wasn't much depth to it. A
2: white guy with sexual problems between 30 and 40 being a killer of some sort?
0: Psh! That shit never happens. That's definitely not Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You know, she just just hit up the murder ad lib that they sent her.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Just say this. But uh, say some shit about merges. Just,
2: just run with this. You're yeah. the artist. Here's just a, here's some points. Really, just you know, this is all improv. Just run with it.
0: And they they kind of go through the the stuff that we talked about, where a guy like claimed that he was the killer. He you know, but in the movie he recanted on his statement by the time they even got to the police station after the attacks. There was a there was a report of a stolen car and. They find the killer and chase him and he flees through the woods. And then there's this huge chase scene where like, they see the killer with his mask on. A train's going by. I love by, this part. They're shooting at him lie. through the train. I love this it's part. It's a pretty cool part, honestly, where they're trying to get him through the train. They actually shoot him in the leg through the train. And uh, they're like, okay, we got him. And then the train passes and he has vanished. Only to return when the movie comes out. 30 years later, and he can stand in line and watch the movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown.
2: I thought you were talking about the, the pseudo-sequel they made to this one.
1: Yeah, there is a movie where they, uh... It's a meta movie, basically. It acknowledges that this is a movie.
0: <laughs> it's some, like, low-grade Wes Craven-type bullshit. Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> never a good sign when even D-Hart would discuss like, a movie, with D-Hart goes... <sighs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause he knows exactly what I mean. It's like, it's like right on the level with like screen four.
2: Even I don't like that. And I like the underworld films. Okay. (laughs) Even I'm like, "Mm."
0: what I was talking about earlier with like, you know, the whole controversial release of this is that like, because of that, it was made a joke of in the movie. And like, so remember we were talking about the girl who had graduated at 16. Uh, In this movie, she was like a dropout, you know, and, the brother of of her, the girl that was murdered, like got really pissed that they depicted her as kind of like, you know, this dropout girl who just like lingers on the side of the road to get murdered. And he actually sued the director for $1.3 million for like defamation of character, basically, and uh, invasion of privacy. Now he lost suit in civil court and then...
1: It would have to be criminal first and then civil.
0: Yes, uh, He failed in criminal and then tried to bring it to the Supreme court and it failed there too. So they basically said that this guy didn't invade his privacy or anything like that. It was a very sore spot movie for people in the area because many relatives of the people that were murdered or attacked were obviously still living in the area 30 years later.
2: And now they do a, a drive in showing of the movie once a year in downtown in the downtown of that town where about 500 people show up once a year to fucking watch the movie being shown on a big screen in downtown of the city that all these poor people are fucking slaughtered in.
1: It makes me wonder if, if that's just a plot point for the remake or (laughs) if that's something that actually happens.
0: That's something that actually happens. It does happen, but we're also looking at 80 years now instead of 30, you know, I know. I was just
2: saying, (laughs) it's funny how, how, you know, time changes people.
0: Yeah. 80 years is a long fucking... 30 years is a long fucking time, but 80? God damn.
2: You and I have never done a
0: live show, but I kind of want to do
2: a live recording from this festival.
0: <laughs> I don't want to go to Texas. I don't want to go to Texarkana ever. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you go and you record it. <laughs> I'll edit it. Thanks. Man. Obviously, these guys are going to be pretty similar on the bowler hat scale because they basically are the same person. Although, we do have to figure in the trombone, <laughs> the silliness of the trombone, but also the brutalness. One's
2: just a smidgen <laughs> more creative.
0: So, where on the bowler hat scale does this man belong? The Phantom Killer, both versions of him. D Hart, you're our special guest. You can go first.
1: See, last time, we weren't dealing with murderers.
0: Are you are you taking a hard stance that he did not kill those last two?
1: I don't think he did. I think that was somebody taking advantage of an opportunity.
0: So in your mind, this guy only killed uh, four people.
1: Yeah, but still, I, I think that I I find that worse than Napoleon, who is causing wars all over the place. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like a, it's worse. There's no point to it, you know. Yeah,
0: it's like the malice is different. And Joel and I have talked about that many times. It's
2: an up-close, personal yeah. sort of... Problem. I don't
0: think Napoleon would kill anybody with a trombone. I would
1: probably say eight for the real deal. And six for the fake one. The fake one is, uh, I think, for practical reasons, nowhere nearly as brutal. He's not shooting people in the face multiple times. Because the closest the closest attack that's in the movie that we see it's like hey all this is happening and we know that it happened it's a uh, the one in the house the thing that isn't accurate there is her getting shot in the face two times but still survived. not
0: only that but the real version raped a girl with a pistol yeah which I'm... is a whole nother level of sadistic crazy shit
2: yeah. yeah joel this is where i might have to disagree with you guys i think I, my initial thought was they were both going to get a six because, you know, like I said, comparatively, we we have disgust killers who, again, eviscerated a baby shit in a dead mom's <laughs> chest, you know, that he was a 10.
0: Like, there's no question. raped you
2: know. thousands of children. Like, Jimmy Savile is the only one on our list who has hit 11. On your list. Listen, <laughs> fuck you. He's an eleven, <laughs> all right. But the point is, why don't you make ten more evil
1: <laughs> instead <of laughs> to have the spinal, ar-
2: spinal tap argument? That's what
0: I'm saying, man. I've been arguing this the whole time.
2: <laughs> Savile goes up to eleven, though. Savile goes to eleven. No, um, I was gonna say both of them get six, and I am gonna agree with D. Hart. The killer in the movie, he gets a six, but I am gonna have to up the real life killer to a seven because of the cultural impact. And the reason being, it's like the urban legend of the boy and the girl out at lover's lane and the killer, you know, sneaking up and killing them or, you know, the guy hanging over the hood of the car. hears the scratching, scraping on the, you know, the roof of the car. When he goes to look, to see the noise, all of that directly ties pretty much. You can find a direct tie to this guy. And his, and his uh, misadventures, if you will. So just because of that, I'm going to say he gets a 7. The real-life killer gets a 7. Uh, the docudrama horror film gets a 6.
0: Yeah, and, like, you got to think about the serial killers that we talk about. It's like, this guy precedes them by, like, 30 years. Fine. You know?
1: Yeah, except for, like... Jack the Ripper. Yeah,
0: except for the Ripper of course. I mean, I'm sure there were many. I'm sure there were many of fucking serial killers between 19 the late 1800s and Talk about guys you've talked about. Right, right. We're just talking about guys that we've talked about. Uh, I think I'm going to kind of split the difference and give this guy uh no, actually I'm right there with d Hart, I think. I think the real one gets an 8 and the and the fake one gets a 6.
2: I can understand I can understand why you guys would think that none of neither one of them are
0: redeemable
2: (laughs) no it's just that simple let's just let's just be let's just throw that out there now nah well
1: if he were to turn himself in today let's see how old would he be if he were if he were let's just say if he were a teen back then he would be in his 90s now so (laughs) there's still time for him to get some help (laughs)
0: It's like the fucking Golden State Killer or whatever who wasn't caught until he was, like, what, in his 80s?
2: Pat Oswald's late wife helped catch that guy. That is crazy. That is just absolutely insane. My
0: wife is actually currently reading her book right now. Uh, I, I, I definitely want to read that. But, yeah, maybe he's still out there. You never know. Maybe Ted Cruz is also... The Texarkana killer. He's from Texas? That explains so <laughs> fucking much.
1: What if he cryo-freezes himself? Like every every 10 years. <laughs> he cryo every He lives 10, frees himself for 30, wakes back up, does more killing, freezes himself for another
2: 10. Are you trying to tell me that Ted Cruz is the winter soldier... From the MCU, yes. I
1: don't know the plot of that movie, but fine, sure. <laughs> I was—I thought you were going to say that he was the Jack Thrill, the movie. Walt
0: Disney,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Winter Soldier. That's what Bucky does, basically. He they they freeze him, cryogenically freeze him from the war, and wake him up every like five years to do some crazy uh, assassination, and then they put him back under. So you're trying to tell me that fucking Ted Cruz is Bucky Barnes? Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God! Yes.
2: There
1: you go.
0: I like this.
2: That's headcanon. That's headcanon for me. He's got a little freezer burn on him,
0: though. All right, Joel, you want to hit us up with this feedback that we got?
2: Absolutely. Our first piece of feedback is from former special guest co-host, Miss Elisa. She says, the last episode of the Curly Mustache uh, Ponzi and Ocean... Was so fun. I've also enjoyed Phil coming onto the show, having fun with
0: y'all. Yeah. Th-
2: th- thank you, Miss Elisa. You're you're welcome to join us again anytime. Yeah,
0: and hopefully you enjoy Dehart just as much. No one does. I have. Although I can tell Dehart is a little bit less in his comfort zone when talking about murderers.
1: I like to keep things fake. <laughs>
0: i very I've. Some you. people.
1: Some people are out there keeping it real. Not me.
0: I know, and sometimes we just talk about evil scientists without you, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that did weird me out. I was like, why isn't D-Hart with him on this episode? I mean... We didn't
0: even think about it until three seconds before the podcast, and then me and Philip were like, God, we are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, man, D-Hart would have loved to be on this episode and just talk about people who would put dog heads on robot bodies. <laughs> I love that story. I'm at, that's one of. Can I get one of those? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that will be my my ultimate like, like present to you, D. Hart, for not bringing you on that podcast.
1: I feel like if I had a a robot with a dog head that was able to like Roomba around my house, I would be living in the future right now. I
0: mean, you could do that now. You just stick a dog head onto a Roomba.
1: Don't I have to have some reanimator serum or something? to keep it working i don't think so
2: at this point if you've actually cut a fucking dog's head off and put it on top of a roomba i think the dog's head's just going to be moving around in your own mind so i think i think you're going to be just
0: fine i agree it's the same try it it's not the same all right uh second piece of feedback comes from surly camera on instagram in response to the danny ocean podcast he said more of a billy ocean fan myself
1: Caribbean queen
2: I was the same
0: dream. Hey, hey, you, you!
2: Of course, my cousin would do that.
0: Yeah, get into my car. That's what the the Texarkana Killer was telling people. Get into my car. <laughs> Who me? Yes, you.
2: <laughs> blam, blam, blam.
0: <laughs> you know the trombone, hey, hey, of course.
2: You,
1: you, get out of them britches <laughs> Get
2: out of them breeches. and into that car. <laughs> I like it. All right, our next piece of feedback comes from Twitter. Our Twitter listeners, at CBKunk. <laughs> I love the name. With
0: a, with a hard K, by the way, not a T.
2: Kunk. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a big Danny Ocean fan. Nice episode, guys. Well, thank you, CBKunk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next piece is about the Danny Ocean episode also. We've got a lot of... Uh... A lot of plays, actually. Good uh good call on the Charles Ponzi.
2: I can bring something to the table that's not complete and utter shit.
0: All right, this next piece of feedback is from I Love to Dig Zero Zero Four on Instagram. They said Sinatra rocked the role of Danny Ocean before George Clooney.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is factual accurate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we talk about it a little bit in the episode. Obviously more of our Danny Ocean podcast was focused on George Clooney's character because that's the more recent. That's what our listeners are probably going to identify with a little bit more than Frank Sinatra, but I'm guessing that you're an older listener. Plus
2: there's more films in that series. Yeah.
0: There's a fucking billion of them.
2: It's fucking, and it, it's Sinatra name. One thing that man wasn't fucking cool about. He was so cool. And I love this is that to break up with a girl he was seeing, he literally told his gave his bodyguard a glass of wine and said, go upstairs to her room and throw this in her face and tell her it's over. Cause he was so cool he couldn't be fucking dealt with that.
0: She was a little dramatic.
2: It's the coolest passive aggressive bullshit I've heard in my life. Hmm. I think it's active actively
1: aggressive, but secondhand. So Yeah.
0: It's like grapevine aggressive. (laughs) Aggressive adjacent? Yeah, he probably was like, go break up with her for me. And on his way, the guy was like, I'm going to throw this wine in her face.
1: I don't like her either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to make sure this stains. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I'm glad that you guys like the Ponzi and Danny Ocean episode. Uh, I'm sorry we haven't been cranking out more episodes, but uh, we've just been dealing with this shit just like everybody else is. And uh, it's just as, uh, annoying and stressful on all of us as it is you guys. So we will continue to keep working through it. And, uh, thank you for listening to episode 48. We're coming up on the big 50 soon. Uh, we have a great episode planned for you guys. Um, next week episode is going to be shit though, but you know, 50 is going to be awesome. <laughs> yes. I promise next week there will be no gun rapists.
1: You guys have planned out that far ahead?
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: My next, the next person I was going to suggest it was all gun rape. Wow. <laughs> it was it was the gun rapist of Tacoma. Oh, but, yeah, you the know.
0: Tacoma gun rapist. I forgot about him totally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Tacoma chewer. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Fuck that noise if uh, you want to tell your friends about us uh we would love for them to listen you can check us out on spotify on apple podcasts on TuneIn, uh on overcast pretty much any other podcast platforms out there d heart thank you for joining us once again love having you on the show man glad uh we can get you away from movies to talk about more movies on this podcast, so...
2: Hey, no problem. <laughs> talk about movies where you're comfortable, that the, the area you're comfortable in, but before you get there, you gotta go through Creepy Town. and Creepy Town is gun rape.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's like, we gotta build you up a little bit. It's like, listen, we're gonna let you talk about stuff that you like to talk about, but... <laughs> so, uh, if you wanna hit us up on social media and give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Curly Mustache Podcast. Or on uh, Twitter at the Curly Mustache Podcast as well. Send us some feedback. We will share it on the show. Also, if you want to listen to other more recent United Cypher podcasts, check out uh, current episodes of Motion Picture Meltdown, which D-Heart is a co-host with me on, as well as Joel has been a guest host on before. There's also recent episodes of Music Video Countdown, or you can go back and listen to older episodes of Talks Over Games, uh, Anime Alphabet, and Fallout Forecast. Lastly, check out some podcasts from friends of ours like Nerdonomy, The Whiskey Reel, Sorry to Waste Your Time, and Code Yellow, A Scare Actors Podcast. I'm Steven. I'm Joel Erotic. I'm Hart. And make sure you stay evil. (laughs) (laughs) god.